the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Sometimes I like talking stocks. Sometimes I like talking economy. Sometimes I do the, the money expert hat and show you some of the basics. Yes, I'm in the process of cutting cable. Saving money. Do I need to? Not so much. Do I want to? Heck yeah. Hate throwing money away, don't you? So from time to time, what I do on this show is I kind of change hats. Go with it, okay? Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about Roku. Roku's kind of the play that I'm using right now to change cable, to cut cable. And it's not, is it an investment? Is it not an investment? Right? Um, it's a commodity, kind of. It goes on your TV and it helps stream it. I have a friend who buys rental houses and he's like, Rob... You know, some of the things I've learned is buy cheap TVs from Costco and make sure that you can put you can stream them. So make them cheap, smart TV. So he's trying to put people in like an Airbnb type of situation, knowing full well that people probably have a Netflix subscription or a view or a sling or what have you. And Roku's trying to make it the easiest service to use. Now, I know you're saying, Rob, why wouldn't you talk about putting an Apple TV in the rental Airbnb type of place. A little bit different, right? Now, with that being said, Apple, not everyone has one. Mm, it's catching on for sure. But Roku's a little more universal, minus that it's missing Apple programming, sort of. But there's not enough Apple programming to really talk about. I know more and more Americans are saying, you know what, I'm not getting a big raise. So what I'm thinking about doing is find, looking in my budget. Where in your budget is there a big hole, typically? Whether it be entertainment costs or food costs. That's where mine come up. Maybe it's travel. That those are things that I can cut. Restaurants embarrass me. I spend way too much money. Cable TV embarrasses me. I spend way too much money. I pay for satellite radio, even though radio is free. And I'm like, oh, i got to have my Howard. I have a little Howard in my life. So I'll pay for that for now. But I know that I can afford it and be it stupid. So let's talk a little bit more about Roku. Now, again, I'm not saying go out and buy Roku. It's earnings season. Earnings season's always around the corner. And the best thing you can do is listen to their earnings call. Start with step one. Step two, get a copy of their annual report. That'll give you a big year-long picture. An earnings report will give you a quarterly picture. Go to sec.gov and type in Roku. 
and company filings. Look at the S filings. Those are the ones in between the quarters. So now you got monthly, you got quarterly, you got annual. Go to your brokerage account, whether it be Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Trade, Schwab, Vanguard, and, and hit the button that says research online. <clears throat> and when you see that button, oh, good God, I just cough like Gary Delabate. <clears throat> Is that going to be my new thing, clearing my, my throat on air? No. So go to Vanguard, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, and get a research report. Now you've done four things. You've looked at the quarterly, you looked at the annual, you looked at the quarterly, uh, monthly filings. And if you can't do that, don't buy stocks. Because there's a lot of data in these things. Now again, should you take the research report that says, I have a price target of X dollars, two times X. And you're like, I want two times X. You'd be crazy. You don't know that guy. But you'd be crazy not to read and study and, and look for what they're looking for. So where do cord where do cord cutters go when they die? They don't go to heaven. Um, so cord cutters, when they go to sever the cable, a lot of them fire up a Roku device or Roku enabled TV. And again, not my thing, but as an investment, I'm interested, and I'm going to study it a little bit more. On are they just a hardware company, or, there are, or can they do services? Can they be the Apple of Television sticks. Well, it's kind of interesting because it's that time of year where, you know, every year you have to refresh the tech, right? Apple does it during September for back to school. You'll see brand new fire tablets and reading devices and Google homes and security cameras and thermostats. You'll see them all come out right around August, September, October, because it's that holiday. It's when we spend a lot of our money season. So, Netflix on TVs, to me, not, not good enough because you need a good processor on the device, on the, the Apple TV or the Roku. Notice I don't even talk about Google's thing, the Chromecast. It's not a bad product. It's just, to me, it's wonky. I know you're saying you're getting old, man. But my, my Netflix, I want it to have a fast processor so the app fires up fast. And then I want my TV to have a great processor so that it has the ability to stream that 4K. And look good while it's doing it. So Netflix, Amazon.com, HBO, YouTube, TV networks, thousands of streaming channels. Yeah, so I, I set up um, Google TV through my Roku device. And I'm pleased with it. And cut, 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 cut goes the cable. More than 15 million people have Roku accounts and they've streamed more than 6.7 billion hours of content in 2017's first six months. That's a lot of people. But you go 15 million, uh, it's not, there, there's, there's a bigger base potential. Roku streaming devices are powered by the company's operating system, which delivers content and analyzes what users watch. Do I think Roku's going to survive on their own? I don't. When I take a look at their revenue going from 300 million in 2015 to 400 million in 2016 to 500 million in 2017, I go, that's not bad. They got a gross profit, but they have no operating income. A little bit of a problem there. Their cash flow, um, they're going to need cash if they keep burning it the way they have. They've got about $37 million. When you take a look at their assets, obviously the cash has grown in the last two years as they raised money. Again, this is not cash flow, this is cash. You want to pay attention to net receivables and inventories. 
because last year's Roku is no longer good enough for me. I want this year's Roku. And quite honestly, if I can get next year's, I would want that. So anything that they have in inventory, for instance, last year they had $43 million in inventory, that's going to have to get written down if they don't start selling it by 2017. Do you see what I'm saying? So on their earnings call, I think probably the most important one is the one preceding the holiday season. Because that's when you start hearing about some new product that might be coming out. And you start hearing about, you know, uh, where they are as far as cash flow goes. You're looking for that EBITDA, earnings before interest depreciation amortization. And again, this is just all playing into the idea of cord cutting. Is it an investment for you? I don't know. I don't own it. I'm telling you this is what I would do to start the process of owning it. Some analysts have $60 targets on it. Some people think it looks inexpensive compared to Netflix as an op, a play against cable or the WWE as a play against cable. I know, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Stuff happens, and you need to be prepared for it, in my opinion. My job is to kind of warn you a little bit about that. I don't think Social Security is going to help you in retirement as much as you think it will. I think that's going to be a problem. And a lot of people are counting on kind of the best case scenarios. So think about that. Why is Rob Black worried about my retirement? I think inequality in the United States gets worse, not better. One area where it's going to get worse is in retirement. I don't think you're ready for it. That bothers me. Rising wage inequality is going to follow Americans long after they stop bringing home a paycheck. Income for retirees is expected to increase for the wealthy, but it's expected to fall for low-income earners. I've put myself in a situation where I can now live until the day I die without ever working again. Within reason. You know, I mean, come on, let's, let's face it. If I get a drug problem or a Bugatti problem, or a lawyer comes over to my house, my dog bites him, could be a problem. People have this perception that with Social Security, retirement income is more protected from earnings inequality when, in fact, that's not the case. Social Security benefits along with contribution plans that you've contributed money to and other retirement savings options generally are tied to previous earnings, which are increasingly a story of imbalance. If you make $200,000 a year, you're going to get more Social Security than if you make $20,000 a year. Things are likely to get worse, in my opinion. People aged 67 to 75 in the top fifth of the income distribution will see their income increase by 3% in 2045. 5% in 2065, and 7% in 2085. On the other hand, if you're between the age of 67 and 75, and the bottom fifth of the income distribution, you're going to see your income fall by 3% in 2045, 6% in 2065, and 13% in 2085. That's no bueno. I know you're saying you're ordering, you're practicing ordering a burrito while you're talking investments. Whoa. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not very good at, at Spanish. So one company I want to talk about is Zillow. There's a lot of investments out there, right? And I just want to talk about the story of Zillow. Everyone goes, oh, I want, to, I want an investment on real estate. 
How much is your home worth? Go with Zillow it. How much is your, if you want to find out about Google, if you want to see what I look like, go Google me. Is Zillow a, an adjective? Is it an ver- action verb? What is it? Is it something that rhymes with pillow? I don't know. It's a website for homeowners and buyers. It provides a free estimated market value using its proprietary formula, the Zestimate. Is it a Zestimate, like some sort of lemon peel grind or something? No, 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 no. It's the way you forget it. Uh, how much is your home worth? And all it's basically doing, in my opinion, is figuring out how many rooms you have, what square footage you have, maybe how big your lot is, and comparing it to others. The firm provides home listings, neighborhood information, photos, purchase and sale data, rental price estimates. Uh, it's all over the mobile phones. I, if you're looking for a home, you should probably grab a couple of these guys. Zilla is one of them. So HomeGain.com, Clarosity, Market Leader are others in the industry. So the income on Zillow has gone from $275 million in 2013 to $300 million in 2014 to almost $610 million in 2015, $900 million in 2016, $1.1 billion. So, okay, we know the story of Zillow, right? Now, they did something to change their business model. They buy a mortgage lender. And I go, dun, dun, dun. That's a real business. Wall Street didn't like that because instead of being an online zestimator that a lot of real estate agents are paying for, you know, leads, now it's kind of doing the same thing with mortgages. In a world of an environment where we're seeing rising interest rates, they're buying and selling homes. Um, what will happen as things cool off? It's 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 a it's a real business, but it allows them to monetize the Zillow offers business a second way. First, they can make money from buying and selling. Second, they can make money from mortgage origination. Third, they think they can make money by passing the home seller who doesn't want to sell their home to us off to a premier agent. So, are they stretching their movie? Uh, are they stretching their um, business model? It kind of feels a little bit like it. You know, again, I'm not in the business of, of knocking or what have you. I guess I'm in the business of knocking. But they operate a well-known online mobile real estate brand. It's trading uh, pretty consistently well. But then, you know, they offer the mortgages and people are like, wait, 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 wait. Now I have to come up with another way of analyzing the company. Zillow gets more deeply into sales transactions, buying and selling. It's a big change in the business model from simple lead generation. So everyone's going to be paying attention to it. It's one of those, I would call it a uh, web 2.0 kind of play, where it wasn't really around for us to look at back in the 90s and early 2000s, so it comes in a little bit later than that. Analysts don't like the change in the business model, stretching it into the real world away from the online. Now, again, do I think Zillow is a company that's going to be standalone? No. It's funny because, like, remember how I was talking about Roku not that long ago? Someone asked me, who do you think will buy Roku? I would not be surprised if it's... Well, okay, Amazon's got their their little stick, right? Their, their television stick. And it streams media. Who wants to compete with Amazon? Walmart. 
Now, again, I could be wrong on this one. But if Walmart or Target were to go after them, you could start seeing that they could start bundling services a lot like Amazon bundles services. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. If I got a seminar coming up around the corner, you can find out at Rob Black Show. Use the code radio25 to get in for free for first time visitors to the seminars. I'd love to see you. I do about seven or eight of those a year. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's run through some content and ideas. Shall we? Sorry. Um, Gas stations. Sorry. Would you ever want to invest in a gas station? People are going to get gas, and they're going to come in and say, can I use your toilet? I like a soda. No sales. You know, there's never, you know, disc well there. Anyway. Amazon and gas stations. First of all, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Amazon and Whole Foods. Amazon and gas stations. Could gas stations work? I was talking earlier about Walmart buying Roku as a way of competing with Amazon. Potentially. It's not a bad thought if they want to get into media and compete. But how about gas stations? Would anyone want to buy a gas station? Amazon's pursuing a lot of markets and a lot of business opportunities. So they have to sit there and go, what's going to get us to a trillion dollars? What can we disrupt? The healthcare industry? They're starting to do that. They're thinking about it. Then what's next? Travel? I bet you there's going to be a play there soon. And they're looking for things that they can pull off a billion plus dollars. Apparel, ding, 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 pharmacy, ding, 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 professional services, got it, ding, 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 stores and retail, ding, 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 grocery, ding, 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 the areas where they need to go right now, in my opinion, that's a big trillion dollar, greater than trillion dollar market opportunity is travel and gasoline. Why you say gasoline? It doesn't make sense. Every Friday, I drive by a Costco, and I hate Costco. I hate everything about it. But I use Costco for their travel services. I use Costco for their tires. And I use Costco for their gasoline. Do you see where I'm starting to go at with this? At some point in time, Amazon could get in this pretty darn easily. Just even putting gasoline near its warehouses for both their trucks and for you. Why not? Amazon could provide prime subscriber discounts. They could expand its data collection, learn more and more about you when you're driving. Amazon could also follow Costco's model for travel deals, offering discounts for cruises, rental cars, and vacations. Typically, Costco doesn't save me money on a vacation until it's a trip to Hawaii, so tickets, hotel, and then it's like a free rental car. It's not that much. It doesn't change my life that greatly. I'll stop and look. Amazon could sell consumers not only the airline tickets and hotel accommodations, but everything that you need for your trip, too. Have you ever gone to Hawaii and gone, I wish I brought my baby wipes? (laughs) It's the weird part is you don't even have a baby, right? It would be easy to roll that up into their business. 
Roll-up is a funny idea. I know you're saying, I like fruit roll-ups. I'm not talking about fruit roll-ups. But I could, because they're delicious. But uh, some trash companies have rolled up businesses in the past. Like waste management. Now, they did it kind of differently. And I like waste management in large part because there's not a lot of competitors to get into the trash industry. One man's trash is another man's investment, is what I've always liked to say. And now you're saying, Rob, you've never said that. How waste management. You say that? I know. I do have that twang to me, don't I? Uh, what I like about waste management, changing the business, changing the conversation here ever so slightly, is that they've got 20 million residential, industrial, municipal, commercial customers. I have no interest in getting into this. And it's tough to get in that business. You have to, make, you have to get permits. You have to get to make relationships with cities. They've got 250 owned or operated landfills. That's the industry's largest network. They've got more than 300 transfer stations. They've got over 100 material recovery facilities. Please, people, sort your trash. It's not asking too much. If you're so lazy as to put a bottle in your recycling, or a, then you're doing well. If you're putting a bottle in your trash, you're not doing well. That's right, Jack. Now, the revenues are never going to be that much. You know, and That's not going to be the story. But the operating cash is, and again, this is not for everyone, because it'll work with Rise of Fame Action on any stocks mentioned. One man's trash is another man's investments. But what I was talking about was Amazon, I do believe, before I got massively sidetracked. And potentially getting into travel and gasoline. More so into restaurants, sure, could happen. Pharmacy, that's going to expand. But these are trillion-dollar businesses, business models. And, uh, you know, I get my batteries from Amazon. I know you're saying, really? I know, right? Right? Are you with me or against me? Got to choose a side. This is a civil war. So, changing topics. I'm not going to talk stocks all day long. On occasion, I want to talk about teachers. Teachers are the most amazing people on the planet. When I was a young man, I wanted to marry a teacher. I think I dated one or two teachers, but didn't marry a teacher. But that's okay. I move on. I won't dwell on my, my dark psychology. But teachers and your children, I feel bad for teachers. I remember, I know, I, I, the teacher I dated, one of her good friends taught maybe third or fourth grade. And she would buy, like, bikes for her kids for Christmas. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And she was single, and she was kind of elderly. I know you're saying, Rob, don't, don't say something stupid. But she was like 45 and not married. And a teacher in the Bay Area, and she's buying bikes. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. She's got to be going negative cash. And she was. And that's kind of sad. The combined total for back to school and college spending is estimated to hit $82 billion. And it grows every year. And typically you think about parents and how they have to, you know, oh, my kid grew over the summer. Uh, not one size shoe, but two size shoes. You can't get away. I mean, some of the hand-me-downs ain't going to work. You can go to Goodwill. You can save money on clothes. You can get a lot of the basics at Old Navy and do okay. But you know when it stinks is when teachers dig into their wallets. Educators in areas with higher levels of poverty, they, they tend to spend for their kids. And I love teachers. And one of the best things you can do if you have a kid in school is the first day, ask the teacher, is there anything you need? A lot of teachers use what are called the giving tree. 
And then it's their way of saying we need, and they'll put on the tree like things like paper supplies and pencils and uh, art supplies and globes and things that they may need, right? And then as a parent walks in on the first couple of weeks of school, you grab one and say, I'll do this one. But a lot of people don't do that. Teachers do get a $250 tax deduction, but it's not dollar for dollar reimbursement on what they spend. It reduces taxable income. And the fact that this is even an issue tells you our schools are massively under budget. Teachers use their own money on classroom supplies to the tune of how much money per year? Is it greater than $450 or less than $450? What do you think? Teachers from K through 12 use their own money for classroom supplies at the tune of what? Over 450 or less than 450? And the answer is over. Hmm. So there is a tax deduction that they could use, but again, not dollar for dollar. Um, and every now and then, like you turned on the television, I turned on the telly and I saw the teachers were striking. Public showing that we need to invest in more teachers when you say, see teachers striking. I work at in the television news station. And when we show you strikes, we're trying to say editorially, these guys aren't paid enough. When you see nurses strike, we're kind of saying the media is saying, here's an editorial. We don't have to cover any story, but that's one that, that hits people. So instead of letting teachers eat it, please, parents of means, help these people out. Or, <laughs> Sister Mary Elephant, class. Sister Mary Elephants was great. That's one of the very first comedy albums I ever heard. Cheech and Chong. She'd go, class, class, class. And then she goes, shut up! And that's one of the... Lessons in comedy writing is sometimes you have to repeat things to emphasize that something funny is about to come. The whole class, 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 and then a teacher screaming, shut up, who's considered a, a nun, a sister Mary Elephant, right? It's just like Gilly on Saturday Night Live. Gilly. The teacher will say, Gilly, did you throw pencils at the kid in front of you? Now. And then he'll go, Gilly. Gilly, Gilly, and then she'll say, sorry, and that's the comedy magic. Sometimes it's all about the repetition, my friends. The setup is all about repetition. I know you're saying, Rob, you should teach a master class in comedy. Do you know how much interest I have in doing anything else other than what I'm currently doing? None. My next project is to sit on my couch and eat corn chips and watch television. But it's not going to be cable television. It's going to be through a Roku. <laughs> See, I tried to tie all this together. I need a corn chip sponsor. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. A little Debbie, a little Weezer taking us to break. Happy summertime. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Do you remember where you were when you first started using Napster and stealing music? And you justified it by saying, well, I would have bought that Weezer album, but it only had seven songs out of eight that I liked, and I'm not paying for that. Or you'd be like, whoa, I did buy an album once that only had one good song and nine bad ones. Whoa. So people started to justify it. And I throw that out there for you because I love you. 
a lot of people find it hard to get by. And what I'm here to tell you is I get it. And I'll tell you what, when you're young, you don't need a lot to get by. You can have a couch, you have corn chips, and Netflix. A loved one, you don't need to take to Red Rocks. You don't need to go to Hawaii. You don't need to go to Toronto Museum of, of, of Hockey. <laughs> you're saying, I never want to go to the Museum of Hockey. Me too. But, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going for at this point in time. Um, when you're young, you can basically entertain yourselves with your young bodies that are like loving and sweet and athletic and go for walks. And, you know, when you're older, your, your hips are going to be like hurting. You're going to be like Shakira. Oh, my hips don't lie. They hurt. And you're not going to want to go for a walk. Why? So my goal is to try to get people to think more about money. And, you know, the first place you were when you stole a song you kind of made some justifications. I think it's a normal thing that people do. And I get it. 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 One area that we're seeing come roaring back was from the time of Napster when you were stealing music. You saw a lot of the music labels go down. You saw a lot of radio stations go down, like hard. And where I'm going out with that is to say that it's changed. I'm not saying it's time to steal again. Because of the streaming services, but people are stealing again. And this time it's from the artists, and it's the labels, in my opinion. Recording artists get just 12% of the $43 billion that the music industry generates. That's not a big cut. Now, again, it takes a lot of money to press a CD, but we're not pressing CDs like we used to. It takes a lot of money to put an artist in. It takes a lot of money to put an artist in, you know, uh... In big stores, right? Consumer spending on music generated an all-time high of more than $20 billion last year. Consumer spending on music generated. Now, again, wait, wait. Now, that's 12% of $43 billion. Okay, so let's start figuring this out. You get the music business. You get the labels. You get the publishers. The publishers took in the labels and the publishers, another $10 plus billion. Artists just got $5.1 billion of that. So doing the math... The $43 billion the music industry is generating hits a 12-year peak that the industry hasn't seen since 2006. The portion of total music, the revenue of artists are catching, um, has actually risen since 2000. They just took home 7% of the revenue back in 2000. Now they're taking 12%. Do we feel good for them? Do we feel bad for them? Are they still getting the smallest piece of pie? I love pie. I want at least 51% of an apple cinnamon pie. I want that to grow. Don't want, it, don't, want, don't want it to shrink. Now, artists are doing better because of the growth in concerts and touring as a revenue stream that is largely distinct from their music label, uh, distinct from the intermediary. So artists have to now tour. And what's interesting about it is it's that little dumb thing in your hand that changed the world. Of music. A lot of people look at the music industry in three ways pre internet, and you can just see massive growth until 2000. And then pre smartphone, things weren't going great. Post smartphone, they're, gro- they're doing quite nice. And it's worthy of note pre internet, pre smartphone, post smartphone. That's how the music industry is now defined. Currently, artists are at the end of the line as far as the piece of pie that they get, but it's still pie. 
So is it time to invest in the, the record labels again? I don't know. I did that story as a way of saying Apple and Amazon could now directly appeal to Kanye West. Kanye West, President of the United States, 2020. Who will be his running mate is the question. And will you not want to see those debates? I would want to see those debates. I would tune in for those. Ratings would go much higher. Um, but Amazon and Apple could and should get into publishing. Because you know what they can say to the artists? You give us something exclusive for our streaming, and you could have more of the money. And that's something that would have to scare the record industry. Another disruptor. Apple. Amazon, Spotify, and you will see exclusive deals struck and down the road, you will see them become music publishers. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Silverberg would advise for taking action on any stocks ever been on the show. Sorry. If you ever make a mistake and lose money, that's not my goal. I'm not buying stocks for you. You're supposed to do your own homework. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, I'm Rob Black. If you don't have a budget, get a budget. Start growing up, adulting. Use Mint.com to start. Use LearnVest. Use any budgeting tool you can have. Take a look at your restaurants. Take a look at your music services. Take a look at your cable TV. I want you to retire wealthy with me. I want you to buy me a pina colada in retirement. Not some Bud Light beer. I know you're saying, did you want a pina colada? No, I don't want a pina colada. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.